Trails Collective, welcome to Voices from the Collective, a podcast coming to you from the mouth of the East Coast in upstate New York. I'm your host, Ellie Pell. This episode is with the wonderfully charismatic co-host of the Pain Cave podcast, Phil Vondra. If you've been listening for a while, you'll know that I had his co-pilot, Jay Friedman, on the show in the early days of the Trails Collective. Phil is someone I've wanted to get to know for a while because he is absolutely hilarious, adding a wit and humor to ultra running that is deliriously needed. Phil has run some of the toughest races in the Northeast, but also subjects himself to road races such as Vol State, a 500-kilometer race across Tennessee. To be honest, that sounded terrible, but somehow Phil was able to describe it in a way that made me want to try it. To be determined, I guess. We also did have a few audio issues in this episode, but if you're running or doing something else while listening, like I know we all do, you probably won't notice. I just will not pay to upgrade my Zoom application, folks. This episode is is brought to you in part by my new nutrition sponsor, Gnarly Nutrition. How's your spring training going, everybody? If you're like me, then you are putting in the miles and your body is honestly starting to tell you. I'm really leaning on solid nutrition to help repair my muscles, tendons, and bones after running. Coming off of gorge at the beginning of April, my feet were something I I really needed to pay attention to this season. One thing I make sure to always do post-run is getting a solid breakfast. I'm a big fan of oatmeal, and as the weather heats up, overnight oats are my go-to. Which, actually folks, I did record a video of how I make my overnight oats, which is on the Trails Collective YouTube page, and my playlist, oh yeah, it's called Ellie's Belly, so go check that out. I've got uh, that, the overnight oats, and then also my yogurt bowl. Um, I don't have any uh, solid business plan for that. It's mostly going to be, I'll make a video when I have time, slash I get tons of asks about what I'm eating. I love to add a scoop of Gnarly's Collagen in my post-run bowl, and here is why you should too. Collagen is the most abundant structural protein in the body and makes tendons, ligaments, and joints healthier, stronger, and more resilient against all the pounding I'm doing every day. I also make sure to mix up a mid-afternoon protein shake using the vegan vanilla protein and the greens powder for that extra punch of nutrition. I want you all to try this too, so the code TRAILSCOLLECTIVE, that's one word, will get you 10% off. Click the link in the show notes. All right, without further ado, get ready to laugh in this episode with Phil Bondra. Vondra, you're hydrating up for this episode. Looks pretty good. Uh, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. We've just had a wonderful spring weekend. It's beautiful and warm. It's just nice to be outside. I'm, I'm drinking an athletic brewing. I'm being good. I actually like these things. Free Wave, a little hazy IPA. So yeah, yeah I'm, uh, I'm feeling very spring-like today, I have to say. Yeah, they've been at a, like a lot of races that I've been at recently. Uh, they're all non-alcoholic, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's good. Um, they have a whole different style of beers. They uh, they're definitely doing some interesting stuff. They seem to be pretty psyched to be you know involved with the trail running community, and I think some kind of gravel riding stuff going on with them. But uh, yeah, I mean, the beer's good. It's pretty tasty and refreshing. 
after you've been exercising. So I'm, uh, I'm going with it whilst I can. Yeah. Um, so they also sponsor some athletes. Like if you could have any like beer sponsor, what would it be? Oh, me, it'd be Alchemist Brewing. It would be like Heady Topper, Focal Bang, or maybe Hill Farmstead, something like that, you know? Okay, I, yeah. Uh, I like those kind of beers. Yeah. See, I like, I've, I've had some athletic brewing. It's good. I just, I, I don't know what it is. I really like the fruity beers. And so, um, I can do like one athletic brewing, but then I need like, in order to keep drinking, I need like some fruity stuff. Right. <laughs> so, I'm sure uh, get yeah. <laughs> Maybe you like those, um, what do they call them? The, uh, they're sort of, uh, alcoholic salsa drink no i've thing. never had those it's still beer because it's only like a little bit sweet but i just i love the fruity i, I love fruit so i think it's just like right. the when they have like the black currant ones or like just the like elderberry it's it just i don't know nice. adds a little like zest and just goes down so much smoother so are you a fan of like the pina colada type thing Again, I, mean, I, I, I like a, a margarita every once in a while, but even those are too sweet. Like I just, it's just a, right. like the, when they put it in the beer, it's just a little sweetness. And I like oh, that because right. it's not yeah, yeah, super yeah. sweet. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. It's definitely like those, those kind of beers, you know, it's a nice, uh, refreshing, uh, summer beverage I find. Mm-hmm. Yes, but, definitely, um, definitely. Yeah. seems like the sour, the world of sours has kind of taken off a little bit. Yeah, it has. Yeah. I'm not a huge like beer connoisseur person, but you know, right. the more races I do, I just am like, well, this, there's no water at the finish line. So I must rehydrate with this. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it's not a bad way to rehydrate beer and pizza. It's, That's true. Uh, and the next day you're not your doing base. anything. So it's not like I can walk anyway. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. No, I hear you. So I was recently perusing your ultra sign up and you were at Bandera this year. Yeah. I, so how uh, did I, I not up... know that you were there? And then also, how did we not do like a post show? Like that would have been awesome. Yeah. I, you know, it ended up, it was kind of a last minute thing for me because I was signed up to go to the UK and do the spine race, which is oh, a yeah, race. That sounds awesome. Yeah. It races up um a, a hiking trail called the Pennine Way. It goes from Edale in uh in the Peak District, uh, right up across the Scottish border to Kirkyahung. And it's 268 miles. Uh, and it's a winter race. It's in January. So they often get a lot of snow and pretty uh, epic kind of winter conditions. So I was planning to do that, but the COVID situation was looking tricky. And mm-hmm. I didn't really want to go there, catch COVID end up having to quarantine I would have had to quarantine when I went there at the time you know the rules were really in flux so I had a little bit of a backup plan and that was to do um uh an FKT on the Catskill Peaks in the winter um so I ended up doing that and then I just kind of thought to myself you know what Bandera is just going to be like a couple of weeks after that so why don't I just throw my name on the wait list see if i get in and i got in so i probably shouldn't have gone there because i was probably a little tired from my winter fkt and i did manage to catch covid on the 26th of december i think it was so i was taken out for like five days um so i was coughing up a lung when i got to bandera which wasn't ideal but um yeah still gave it a go and uh i kind of had a fun time you had a great time though didn't you 
I did have a good time, but I do remember the lead up to Bandera, like the two weeks before it was like COVID's back. And I was just like, no, not again. Like, I really just want Uh, to leave upstate New York for the first time in like two years. And so, and then also everybody was supposed to get boosted. And so I haven't been on a plane. Right. So I'm thinking like, they're going to test me for everything. They're going to need my vaccine card. Like I'm going to have to do like carry like, that's not true. Like they don't even like, and, but anyway, I was like having a little bit of a panic attack because, um, apparently on like my booster card, the like soldier that was doing it. Cause like the military was in there giving yep. us our whatever. Same, same he didn't like write the correct, some correct information on my vaccine card. So then they couldn't Uh-oh. find me in the system. So I wasn't able to get my booster. And then I had to like do like jump through a couple of hoops and call New York state health and finally get all that situated, get myself right. the Excelsior pass so that they would trust that and not my yeah. card finally got my booster, but then still COVID is like, you know, coming back. And I was just like, oh, this is gonna, this is, this isn't gonna, like, I didn't believe I was gonna run Bandera until I was like in Texas, in the airport waiting and trying to find like David and Riley to like get to our Airbnb. It was one of those, just like, I'm here. I don't care. I just want to do this race. It's, it's a great race. That was actually my uh, fifth time doing Bandera um i uh it was my first trail ultra um a few years back and i just love the way they put their races on uh you know chris mcwaters who who runs it and the uh you know tejas trails crew i mean they just do such a good job of that race and you know the, whole, the area is kind of fun i don't know whether you checked out san antonio or you know and bandera it's just like it's cool kind of cowboy country um it's a really like cool park so mm-hmm. I kind of keep going back. I mean, five finishes, maybe I'll keep going back, but maybe I'll time to do something new. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a cool race. I, I was kind of trying to look out for you, but I didn't turn up to the start until about an hour after. You know, they kind of let people kind of go when they wanted. They were like, here's when mm-hmm. the elite wave will go at X time. And then people can kind of roll through between, I don't know, whatever it was, 6 a.m. and like 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. It's kind of good the way they spaced it out. But I don't think I rolled up until like half past seven or something to the start line. Okay. Uh, maybe quarter to eight. I can't remember. Okay. Um, yeah. So like, the, I thought maybe I'll you... see you on course, but I didn't even see you on course. I know. I know. Yeah. Or maybe you, you passed me if you were going so fast, and I just there was this streak flying by me. Yeah. Um, yeah. A streak with bleeding everywhere. <laughs> Get um, out of the way. Um, how how did the uh, the cactus grass the soy toll, Is that what it's called? How did that treat you there? Did you get a little bit shredded? Or were you I okay? did. Yeah. So I didn't fall, but it looks like I did because like the, like I did get like thwapped on my thighs and I think yeah. it's because like I'm tall. And also because David and Riley didn't get as bad, but I think that's like we were talking about, I think it's probably because like I don't have hair on my legs. So like right. it might've been that too. And then just like the blood just like dripped down. Cause you know, when you're running, the blood's going to the surface of your skin to like cool you. So it looked a lot worse worse than it was but i did get like some some cactus tattoos yeah yeah did you it's one of those ones it's like death by a thousand tiny cuts you know you get in the shower that evening after you race and all of a sudden it starts to hurt yeah yeah especially after races for me my legs are like on fire so it's just it's all it's all good it's all right you were probably soaking in the tub with your golden ticket in the bath with you yeah you uh you know you didn't care about anything at that point 
I, you know, I have to say that it was a little surreal. I remember walking around like the Airbnb, just like sort of looking at the ticket. Like, is that mine? <laughs> and because it was, because like I don't sleep very well after races. And so, yeah. yeah, that was a little surreal. But also, I was already thinking, like, all right, who am I asking to come with me? It's time. <laughs> that was like the best hotel part. Hotel rooms, accommodate, uh, sorry, travel and, advising your friends i'm sure you have a long list of friends that want to go so you just got to figure out a nice way to ask the people that you want to come and a nice way to tell those that you don't want to come so yeah well so by the time i got home ian had like booked the house already nice (laughs) i was like good because he knew he was coming but then actually the first three people that i asked to pace all said no well they said okay they said they had to check and they were already busy that weekend and then one of them has like a like slipped a disc in his back so he's a little injured he's like i can't promise that for you but then everybody else well so okay actually half the people that i asked first said yes three men actually you probably know who they are jared burdick jason mintz and uh phil nesbitt i asked all three of them like jared then jason then phil and jared and jason jared's going to like a wedding or something that weekend jason had some excuse i don't know getting old i don't know and then yeah, uh phil slipped a disc yeah so here we are but it's fine we're gonna it's gonna be great and uh but anyway this show is about you so um bandera seems like a little bit tame for kind of the ultras that you kind of choose or most of them or it seems kind of like normal actually like to me i was like geez this is a race you know but for you but compared to some of the ones you've done like vol state like escarpment like manitou's you know the race everybody should do um it seems kind of tame so why do you why do you go to bandera when it just you know it doesn't it seems a little bit just like vanilla you know i went there um because it had a you know i wanted to get a um you know, a lottery ticket. It was a, a you know qualifying race for for Western states. So that was initially why I went there. I'd also heard a lot of good stuff about it. Um, so you know, it was kind of when I first got into ultra. And you know, as I was saying, it was my my first ever uh, you know trail ultra. And um, I just you know it had a great reputation. I liked the idea of going to Texas. I'd never been there before because we don't have anything like that in England um it uh it's still pretty wild there though i mean there's at least six animals in the park that can kill you i think and there's plenty of plants that can shred you See, um, i didn't know that i'm so, glad i didn't know that <laughs> yeah you know i'm glad no one told you probably thing is if, if we told you that you probably would have uh, been like an hour faster that's you know true what I mean? like, I'm gonna get off this course it's like six i saw a couple armadillos that but that's not it <laughs> you saw a copperhead no an armadillo Oh, that's not one of the animals that can kill you. You don't know that. So, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, armadillos are friendly in general. <laughs> I, I actually, a few years ago, I went to Brazos Bend 100, which is in, um, I'm going to say it's Houston. That sounds about right. And uh, that was another race where they have animals that can kill you because you are running along the course there and there are alligators um, lying by the side of the course. Mm. And when I was at uh, race check-in, I asked one of the rangers and said, look, what should I do if I see an alligator lying across the trail? And they said, just jump over the tail. I was like, okay. I wasn't sure if they were joking or if they really meant to do that. 
but anyway, I didn't see an alligator lying across the trail, which I was quite happy about, although I did see several lying parallel to the trail, basking in the sun. And there was one that was particularly enormous. And one of the other runners said to me, don't worry, the temperatures aren't high enough for them to come after you. So I was quite grateful it was only 80 degrees because I dread to think if it was 90 degrees, there'd be one section of people that had DNF for various reasons and another had DNF because they got attacked by alligators. But uh, oh. uh, no, you're right. It is a little tame for me. I like the sort of more wild and uh, mountainous type racing. But uh, yeah, there's plenty of danger in Texas. So did you grow up running? So you're, um, you say you're from England. We know that's not true. But anyway, yeah. did you grow up running? <laughs> I'm really from England, Brooklyn. Yes. Um, no, I didn't grow up running. I never really did any running. I was really kind of uh, into rock climbing. You know, when I was a teenager, I did a lot of rock climbing and I climbed through college and, you know, occasionally I'd go and ride my bike and maybe I'd go for like a three mile run or something like twice a week, mm -hmm. a little bit of exercise. And then I really got into rowing. So I did, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of rowing, just kind of really enjoyed it. This was kind of in my last kind of year at college. Um, and, uh, and that was something that I did for a long time afterwards and that involved a little bit of running, bit of cross training every now and then. Uh, and it wasn't really, um, until I came to New York that I got a little bit more into triathlon and then a little bit more into running. It was kind of Jay Friedman that kind of converted me, mm -hmm. you know, he was, um, you know, like Emperor Palpatine. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the other corrupted Jedi. Like he was Emperor Palpatine and I was like the, the guy he was working to corrupt. Um, but See, he my looks first like Yoda race, though, so. Sorry, he looks like Emperor Palpatine, he looks, you say? No, he looks like Yoda. I don't know. Like, oh, Jay? I think you'd take that as a compliment. I think that's I think pretty nice would. thing to say about him. I know that Yoda's one of his idols, you know? Mm -hmm. For me, I had a poster of David Beckham on my wall when I was a kid. Jay had Yoda. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, the only thing he got from Yoda yeah. is his height. I did actually do a running race in London many years ago. I did the London Marathon. Oh, One of the guys at work. It's a lot of fun. And this was in the days when you basically just rolled up to the start and just got a place there. You didn't go in a corral. You just kind of got your number. You just went and stood there and you were like 10 rows behind the elites if you wanted to be. Mm -hmm. You know, you just anyone just mix in wherever they thought was the appropriate place to stand. And um, I was standing there and there was one guy saying, hey, I raced the Paris marathon two weeks ago and I had this thing called a gel. And that was when they were, you know, I guess they first came on. It was probably like, I don't know. I'm going to say it's probably 30 years ago, something like that. And um, anyway, so this guy at work was going to run the London marathon, but he got injured and he couldn't do it. And he had a lot of sponsorship money. It was for a charity. And he said, look, if anyone at work can run the marathon with like a week's notice, um, the, my sponsors said they'll pay the money. So I said, I'll do it. I said, I row. I said, I'm pretty fit. So I went out, I did two five mile runs that week and I ran a 307. So wow. people were like, dude, how can you do that? I was like, well, I do spend about 15 hours on the water a week rowing. Um, so. I mean, after I the legs fail, you just use your arms, like just do the, the headstand. Exactly. Like, yeah. Well, actually I got a bus. I didn't really know that that was banned, but anyway, whatever. No, <laughs> I didn't do a bus. But uh, yeah, so my running didn't really kick off until... I guess when I came to New York, you know, did a little bit of running, West Side Highway kind of thing. And then when I came up here, I really got into trail running. And, you know, it's probably Jay Friedman 
that uh, that kind of got me into it. You put but him on your back well, and he just, you know, told you what to do. Yeah, and he told me to carry this like weird thing, like a flashlight that had like a, a sword thing that shot out of it when I turned it on. I don't know what that was all about. <laughs> Light up the trail. <laughs> Protect you from all the dangerous animals on. <laughs> Lights up the trail, great for trail maintenance. Yeah. Yes, actually, <laughs> that's all, such a good idea. Yeah, just imagine how many people do trail maintenance if we had lightsabers. We'd all be out there every weekend. It'd be, it'd just be carnage. There'd be body parts all over the trail. I mean, it's all the way you frame it. Like we call it trail maintenance or trail work, but like let's call it something yeah. else, like trail party with lightsabers, and let's go. Yeah, I mean, we can trail. call it like role play. You know, I mean, yes. people can dress up as Ewoks. They can dress up as stormtroopers, you know, whatever they want. You know, I mean, uh, Wookiees. Just get fun. everybody we'll, to sign we'll a waiver. Characters, and we could do a bit of trail running. Uh, that would just be, I mean, imagine what it'd be like, the local hiking population, when they see these crazy Star Wars people running along the trail, swinging their <laughs> lightsabers, clearing trails. It'd be, be amazing. You know, uh, I've had some ideas about, like, ways to keep vandals off of, like, tra- like from pulling up trail flags. And one of mine oh, is, like, sucks. we need to make, like, electric fencing trail flags. If they touch them, just, like, they're oh, out. Yeah. Or just have, like, a couple volunteers just, like, sit in the forest with, like, night vision goggles, just, like, protecting that. Yeah, they're not coming back. That's how you... <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh, sit them with a sniper paintball gun. Yes, that just yes. be excellent. I will and then volunteer. You can see someone come be... out in the forest and they got paintball, and you're like, "We know what you did." We... <laughs> Take the walk of shame. I guess the problem is if you're not a good shot and you miss and you hit their grandma in the head, it's like things don't go well. Hey, I, but mean, I guess if people don't take their grandma flags, with them and they go trail sign pulling. So, is rowing really big in England? Like, what's the big sport over there? Soccer? Yeah, I, I would say that the Great Britain, as we as we uh, are known at the Olympic Games and other other sporting events, um, we are the most successful nation when it comes to sp- winning gold medals in sports where you sit on your ass. Mm. So, for example, cycling we're very good, mm-hmm. and rowing we're very good. So you're sitting on your backside, and we win gold medals when we do that. So you say Great Britain as you're known at the Olympics. Like, what are you guys known at? Like, if I walk into the bank, what am I going to say? Is this this the Great Britain bank or is this the England bank? Or like, what what do I say? Bank of England. The the Royal Bank often is uh, is what it's termed as. But uh, yeah, rowing is really big in England. It's a very, very popular sport. It seems very like English. Like, you know how people with accents, they sort of like you think they're smarter or they're rich or something. And also people that row, you think that they're like smart and rich, like they're from Harvard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, and in fact, um, a lot of Brits go to row at Harvard. They like to really get the double whammy in, you know. Um, But uh, I mean, we have a lot of good rowing universities in the UK. Uh, my old university, Oxford Brooks, is the uh, paramount rowing university in the United Kingdom now, um, and quite possibly the world. Um, and um, yeah, started off, we had like a tin shed on the river and it just grew and grew, you know, it was uh, really impressive the way it's developed over the years. But yeah, now they have just produced a ton of Olympic gold medalists. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, people will, you know, actively go to that college just to try and get into the top crews there because there's a good chance they'll end up in the, the national team feeder system and, and end up going to Olympics, you know. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's very popular. And uh, yeah, I, I rode for a, quite a while 
and you know really really enjoyed it and it, it's it does generate a good base it's very you know an intense power endurance sport yeah i was listening to an episode of the ritual podcast like must have been during the it was probably during the winter because i were i vaguely remember like getting pelted with snow in my eyes while i'm listening to this mm-hmm. on a long run and it oh, was just days, the most that could be may you could be out running in may that's and true that's true i think it was before bandera though because i remember like right. listening to this podcast of these men like four men that like rode across like the pacific ocean or the ocean or something and then just talking yeah. about that experience and then i was just as like i couldn't see and i was running up a hill i was like they ran across this. They, I mean, they rode across this ocean. I can finish this long run. Did you do like longer rows or was it more like, um, I didn't. like I, I did, I did plan to row across the Atlantic from, uh, Tenerife over to, um, Barbados, but, uh, we never ended up putting it together. The guy I was going to row with ended up, ended up getting a job in Chicago. And so whilst we were kind of planning, got offered this good job. So we ended up uh, going to do that, but uh, I would like to have done it. Um, it does seem like it's a lot of fun, unless you get washed overboard and eaten by a great white shark. But otherwise, it does seem like a barrel of laughs. I have to say, you you know, you and Jay could do it, and then all you have to do is be able to swim faster than Jay for that white shark. Oh, I mean, have you ever seen him swim? No. I I watched him one time, and I thought I was going to have to dive in to rescue him, but he <laughs> said that was pool. just him swimming. So I was ready to go. The lifeguards were like on the edge of their seats as well. People were grabbing like life rings ready to throw them in. But he was just, as he says, doing some laps. See, the thing is, when Uh, you tell Jay to stand up, though, in the pool, it's like he's still going to drown. Yeah, but no, bear in mind, he does his laps in the kiddie pool. Yeah. He's fine. (laughs) They don't let him in the main pool. I laugh, but I can't swim either. Or Well, I don't know. I've never tried, so. Well. It's a good skill to learn. I think you should make that a little mission of yours after, after Western States, go and get some adult swim lessons. It's, all right. The day after I'll be like, all right, Phil, let's go. The day after you're going to be holding that cougar up aloft in the air yeah, be while I'm swimming, running. Yeah. You'll, you'll learn to swim that night. Cougar under your arm. Yes. <laughs> so, um, you, why did you move to, um, New York? Uh, have you ever heard of the witness relocation program? I have. No, I, uh, I, on, I came here for work. I got a job. I got a one year contract in New York and that just spiraled into 18 years. Hold on. Uh, I, let's go on. It's like, if you were in the witness protection program, why would you be in the witness protection program? Let's, let's, let's think about this. I've never done anything bad in my life. Um, no, I just, I got offered a job here actually kind of through rowing. Like my old rowing coach worked for a company that had an office over here and they were looking for someone. And he called me up and said, uh, you want to go and work in New York? I was like, yeah, let's do it. So, you know, and here I am living in the gunks. Yeah. So Never New York, back. New York, was that where you were sent? New York City. Yeah. Um, working on, uh, as they say, on Wall Street. Uh, well, actually, I wasn't quite on Wall Street, but uh, I was just actually a couple of couple of blocks away. Um, but uh, yeah, working in finance and uh, yeah, a little bit of running and triathlon on the side. But uh, and then now you're in Potsdam. Sorry, you cracked up a little bit there. Oh, said so, uh, now you live in Potsdam. Uh, I've never been to Potsdam. 
Um, right. I'm now New Pulse. in New, New Pulse. Pulse. Sorry, I always yeah, get sorry. those two. Yeah, people, people always say to me, oh, you live in Newport, Rhode Island. And I'm like, no, Newport, New York. <laughs> and then they're like, they have a sigh. I think, I think Newport, Rhode Island is a little bit more, you know, salubrious. I think they expect me to be some sort of retired America's Cup captain when they hear the accent. Mm-hmm. A little do they realize that I'm squatting in the woods and running trail and generally, you know, being a dirtbag trail runner. Exciting. I think the the word that some might use is atmospheric. Yeah, other otherworldly, like mm, like God yeah. didn't like anybody that day. So yeah, I uh I will say I was glad to get under the tent at the finish and kind of hide from the storm. Uh, but everyone survived. And uh, I've done the escarpment a few times after that, uh, but just as a, a sweeper. So it's been interesting to see what the carnage looks like at the back oh, of the field. I should do that this year. Um, yeah. So yeah. you said you didn't go back until 10 years after your first one. So I can go back in 2027. Yeah, I, uh, I, well, then I got more into like hiking in the Catskills, you know, like hiking and running. I mean, I used to, I used to kind of run around the Catskills and, uh, you know, kind of jog downhill and stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I ran a lot of the trails around here, but I would also get up into the Catskills and like kind of got into some other trails, like primarily like Mike Sudi kind of got me into that stuff. You know, he's a bit of an expert on the Catskills has, mm-hmm. uh, the record for uh, running, uh, you know, basically linking up all the peaks, the direct system there. So yeah, I spent a lot of time like hiking and running up there with him and then eventually rope in some other people to go up there. But uh, yeah, they're fun mountains and uh, you can get a little bit of vert up there. You can also get some pretty burly trails. I mean, the Catskill, the Catskills doesn't necessarily have a lot of what you call nice trail. It basically has accumulations of boulders and rocks and mud fashioned in a way that it's doing its best to put you on the ground at almost every step mm-hmm. uh, i'm not sure how that was worked out but it seems to be what a catskill trail looks like and trail is probably the loosest use of the word i would yeah. say yeah it's like the devil's sandcastle yeah it's uh but it is fun when you you know when you when you you're kind of cruising along in the cats it's uh it is good Yeah. I think that like, if I got used to it and I think anybody, I mean, we joke about like, you probably should not do Manitou's as your first race, but I think that if you're like, like give yourself a week to just go up there and like take the watch off, just like learn the trail and learn how to like navigate it. And I know that's all that I would need to do to be, feel more comfortable and safe on there. It's just, I haven't done it because you know, I, I like Ithaca and it's fine. Well, I think you're going to have to l- learn it soon because it's going to be cat skills by UTMB fairly soon. Yeah, and they're probably going yeah. To have a rate up. or it's by like, Iron watch Man. Out. They're coming for you. Yeah, um, I know. No, you should get up in the cats. I mean, you are in Ithaca, so you got some good stuff going on there, and it is a little bit of a drive. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I I love the place. Love hiking there and running there, racing there. It's uh, it's good. Good breweries there. Good pizza places now. It's all it's all going on. It's a different place now. The cats. Um, so you've done stuff like that, which is very, very technical and gnarly. And then, but also you've run the Vol state, like 500 K, which is a road race on a road in Tennessee. And the aid stations are like 
gas stations, which doesn't sound that bad. Gas stations are kind of nice these days. Um, so how did you get interested in doing something like that? Um, you know, I kind of had my eye on Vol State for a while. I kind of looked at it and I was like, so let me get this right. You got to run 500K and you got 10 days. Okay. So if you do the math, that's about 50K a day. Pretty close, mm-hmm. exactly 50K a day. So pretty cush. And, um, you know, I thought that's pretty easy. It sounds easy. You know, I'm surprised. Why do they call this thing a serious race? And like eventually, you know, thing was kind of eating away at me. And I was wandering around in london actually and i was at the i was on the night bus have you ever, ever seen the harry potter movies? oh yeah yeah the night bus the big bus i was sat on the night bus at the uh, film studios in uh, in london where they filmed harry potter and i got on my phone and i saw vol state was just about to open got one of those reminders and um yeah i couldn't enter i was having some problems i got jay to enter me and Jay was like, yeah, I got you on like the uh, the wait list or something. And then quickly I got into the race. There was a problem, actually. They double uh, um, ultra sign up had entered uh, twice the amount of people that could do the race. So Laz has to send out this email to people saying, hey, look, really sorry, but everyone's out again. We're going to have to redo it again. So I did get in. And, you know, I kind of wasn't really sure what to expect. Um, but, you know, you just like you meet the you meet the night before at the finish and then everyone goes to the to the start line on a um on a bus the next day sorry and then you stay the night at the start because it's obviously quite a drive it's you know it's a long way driving the reverse of a 500 kilometer 314 mile course um yeah got chatting to the people and you just see like what an amazing community of people it is just there there there's this world of people out there that you don't really know about that just race these incredibly hard endurance events. They, they love these long events. They go out, you know, and run three, four miles, three, four hours every day, you know, eight mile, eight hours at the weekend. You know, there's this whole world of like this, like super high level endurance runner, you know, not, they're not necessarily fast, but they really take on these long events. So yeah, just met this crowd of people and then just started this crazy race, getting off the ferry when Laz lights a cigarette. I think you start in uh, Kentucky, Hickman, Kentucky. Um, you get a Zach lot of ferry Bevin says the river. go. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's just like an incredible experience. Just running through Tennessee, you get to meet people. There's some weird stuff that goes on. You meet some, you do meet some weird people. You meet some very, very cool people. You know, you're sleeping on benches, you're sleeping in motels, you're sleeping on the floor, you're sleeping, you know, wherever you can kind of sleep. You're eating from gas stations. And the year I did it was like kind of peak COVID. So 2020, everyone was really scared, although people weren't that scared in Tennessee. Um, and, you know, you're, you're going into gas stations and eating like roller dogs. I mean, I actually found that uh, ice cream was my go-to. Like I could go in and leave a gas station with an ice cream in each hand. And it, I didn't have any problems. Like if you eat a piece of pizza that's been in on a heating tray since 9 a.m. and it's now like six in the evening, it's quite hard to eat that. You know, that's quite a, a work on the jaw. That's how um, we got the Delta variant. <laughs> oh, from pizza that's been in yeah, the thing just, in a nine hours? Pizza. Yeah. <laughs> from pepperoni. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I ended up eating like ice cream. It's just like really was my go-to and... Um, they have this drink out there called Sundrop. It's kind of a bit like Mountain Dew, but it has twice the caffeine. 
That stuff is rocket fuel. I mean, you have a couple of those, you know, and I was, I'd walk, you know, it's nothing nicer than like sleeping for a couple of hours, pulling out uh, like a, a Sonic double burger from your backpack that's now cold, wandering, you know, on a highway at like, you know, whatever o'clock in the morning, just munching on that thing, just, you know, with your feet banging on the rumble strip you know, trucks filled, filled up with like chickens ripping past you with like chicken poop spraying over you. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's quite, an experience. I, uh, I, I wanted to go back this year, but I had to, to drop out because I've got to go to a wedding in Croatia. So I had to pull the plug. I just got my check back from Laz. Unfortunately, I was really looking forward to uh, going out there and uh, running the mean streets of Tennessee again. So you do unsupported, which I mean, I understand, like if I was your wife, I'd be like, go have fun, like get yeah, out of I here. It's, I think Laz calls it screwed. Um, so you got crude and screwed. So I, I did screwed. Um, but it was an epic year because Bob Hearn was uh, battling with Francesca Muccini mm-hmm. and uh, she absolutely went out like, you know, lightning fast and just held on for a great win. Bob, uh, master of pacing came in a, a few hours behind her but yeah it was a, it was a fantastic uh, fantastic year and I uh, I was third and the first screwed runner that year um, but uh, yeah I would I would only do it screwed I just I just love the kind of you know autonomy just wandering down the highway looking at like what people throw out of their cars um, you know see just some real random stuff a half-eaten bit of food that I did stare at and think. <laughs> I'm pretty hungry, but I wasn't that hungry. <laughs> See, I, I, I think you're starting to think you might like it. <laughs> I know, I'm getting visual and I'm like, God damn, that sounds awesome. Also, I think that like, I would definitely want to do unsupported too, just because like, I don't know, like weird stuff will happen or like I lose my shame. I lose like a lot of dignity. And sometimes I'm like, oh. well, just going to sleep next to this like Walmart garbage can. And uh, hopefully somebody puts in some like happy and sub that I can still eat. Like, oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't uh, want anyone to see me like that. <laughs> it's great. I mean, you know, when you go into Walmart, you're like, you know, an oasis there. When, you, when you're on the road and you hit a Walmart and you can buy all of these different crazy things, you're just like, I can buy so much stuff here. It's going to help me. Like I can buy coconut water or, you know, just get great stuff. When you're, when you're on the regular, you know, you're not in one of like the towns that you pass through and you got the regular gas stations. It's like soda, candy, ice cream. That's it. You know, it's not much. Or maybe like had a couple of hash browns that I think have been in the case for a week. But if you, if you cover them in enough fat, they tend to last a week. Uh, yeah, they were... <laughs> pretty gross um at that but, point though uh, like three days into a race i'm like that i'm living like a queen oh yeah i mean when you've been wearing the same t-shirt for like three four days and it's been over 100 degrees every day and you know your socks basically you can't take them off because they can actually probably run on their own and they might just <laughs> head off down the road without you um yeah i uh, actually i was uh i was just rummaging through the the shed going out for a bike ride saying i found my vol state shoes Oh. They were they were just sat there in the shed and probably didn't run off. Um, yeah, <laughs> everything. Don't they melt? Yeah, they do melt. Yeah, you you will wear through your sole of your shoes because the road temperature is so much higher than the air temperature. And I think I think one day when I was there, it was like one fifteen or something. So the road temperature was probably like 
I don't know, 125, 130, maybe something like that. It's it's mega hot. I got I got a medical grade heat rash. It was so bad. I sent I when I finished, I went to a hotel and had a shower, and I was rehydrating and relaxing. So I I, I took a picture of myself semi naked, um, and I you sent, sent it, it to, to Jay, Jay. Didn't you? <laughs> I sent it to Jay. Yeah, and. <laughs> He was not too impressed with what he saw when he saw my heat rash. I think he was like, I would clean that if I was you. That's probably probably a good idea. It's pretty bad. I were going to say, he's like, I can I come scarred. clean that? I was scarred for about three months, maybe four months after this heat rash. And like, whenever I went to a swimming pool, I think they were like looking at me like, mm, we probably should say something that like that guy probably didn't get in the pool. It's but, okay, it's uh, not yeah. COVID. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I, I would, I will, cannot wait to go back for it. It's just, it's an amazing experience. You will find out things about yourself that you just never knew existed. Uh, you'll meet the most awesome group of people. Um, and not only the other races, but just the people on the road. You know, there was, um, I was on this one section. It was about probably 15 miles between towns in the middle of the night. It was a nice evening. And uh, I'm just rolling along the road. And this guy in this like Jeep pulls up next to me. I'm like, oh shit, some kind of nut job here. And the guy's like, my name's, I don't know, Fred. And I have a house six miles down this road. I put a cooler out there and some chairs. The soda's in there. I put some like cheese in there and the candy bar and all this stuff. He said, just help yourself to whatever you want. He said, I'm on my way to work. I was like, oh man, thanks. Um, they're called road angels. There are a few people put these, these little setups ranging from like a basic cooler there's one family that does it every year. They write on the course and uh, they will make people, they'll cook you a burger, they'll give you a soup, they'll make you a sandwich. Uh, they're called the nuts. And uh, they uh, they really get into the spirit of Vol State with their, their road angel station. Um, See, so, yeah, it sounds nice when it's like you, cause you're like a, a tall man with this nice accent. Yeah. Like, but if it was for women, we'd be like, oh, thanks. Like gotta yeah, go a different to way careful. now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did, I did have like a couple of experiences, you know, a few people kind of shout at you or whatever and slow down. And then I was going through this one town and this um, group of guys in uh, some kind of SUV, like tried to pin me up against a fence. They drove kind of stopped and kind of drove in towards me to push me against the fence. But I managed to like scoot around and just kept running. Um, Cause like a lot of people, you know, it kind of be late night. They're probably kind of boozed up. That was, yeah, that was like sometime around maybe midnight or something. Um, so there are a few little crazy experiences out there as well. Um, you know, you'll find a lot of state troopers will slow right down as they roll past you on some of them. <laughs> You're like, what's this idiot doing? But I think they know it pretty well now. Um, I would probably spend like a very long time thinking of like what I was going to say to these people before they did this. Just like had the perfect response of like, yeah. you know, what um, officer asked, what are you doing? It's like, what are you doing yeah. officer well you know some of them let you sleep in the police station because they have nice air conditioning there so some years but in a covid year a lot of nice sleeping places uh they weren't really letting people sleep there you know mm. people know the place with air conditioning to sleep so you know there's a lot less air conditioning um but uh yeah the the, the whole thing is just like yeah just a fantastic experience what's um i'm you know i'm curious um what's laz like like as a person like he he's very i don't know i i just have i don't i don't know what to think about him 
Yeah, I mean, I I only got to meet him uh, for lunch because when I finished, he wasn't there. I think he was sleeping. And um, he's, I mean, he was super nice. I mean, and, I, you know, I think he really has a special place for his Vol State race. He writes, he sends out every day um, a little, like, status report on the race. And it's incredibly well written. You know, it's funny, you're, like, rolling along the road to Tennessee and you check your email and you see Laz sent out, like, a little uh, email race update that, you know, I think anyone on, like, the Vol State mailing list gets. So you sort of read and he'd say, you know, like, you know, Vondra pushed into, you know, like this town at night and he he made five miles on Jim, the guy behind him. And, you know, Francesca and Bob are battling like, you know, 50 miles out ahead. Um, you know, he sends out this cool thing. I mean, he's he's a very thoughtful guy and he, he puts on these events and, uh, you know, they're all super special. And they all so Volstate goes through every town it goes through, it goes through the town square. You know, or it tries to go past historical markers. I mean, he puts on some really interesting stuff. Uh, you know, the way he, the way he kind of does his races. Uh, but yeah, he was cool. So I only met him that one time. Uh, but you know, you get a sense of him with all the kind of uh, correspondence, sort of pre-race and post-race and stuff like that, and, and during the race. So if somebody uh, was like, if a listener is like, oh, I signed up for this, like, what what would you tell them, and like, what strategies worked for you, and what should they not do? Um, not take, I would say the most important thing is to take care of your feet to make sure that you can move, because I tell you what, you should see pictures of some people's blisters from this race. You know, they are like insane, like missing basically the soles of both of their feet have just blistered and peeled off after three or four days. So like good foot maintenance is really important. Um, never not using the opportunity to hydrate or refill your pack with, with drinks. You know, you just never know, like, you know, you might think there's like a, a vending machine five miles down the road. It might be broken when you get there. So you can't get anything out of it. You know, it's in the middle of the night, everything's closed, but you know, there's going to be a gas station or some store. And a lot of them have like, uh, you know, vending machines outside at night. Um, and you might not get anything. So always make sure you've kind of got enough like fluids going on you know, move at night because it's just so hot, you know, it sucks having to kind of, you know, compromise your sleep situation, but you can just, you know, there was some, you know, so during the day, it'd be over a hundred degrees on certain days and at night, say it'd be 75. I mean, I was freezing cold at night when it's 75, the way your body adapts is, is mm -hmm. incredible. Um, and, you know, just keep shuffling, like just keep moving your feet, just never stop. You know, I mean, obviously stop to, to sleep and eat and, and drink, etc um you know if you need to go into a store to get that stuff but like just never stop moving and you'll get there eventually you know um and enjoy it chat to people i mean it really is just this whole rolling adventure mm -hmm. um yeah, yeah i was i was kind of very kind of unsure what to expect but you just you just start to get into it you start chat chatting with the other races the other thing that's quite dangerous on the volstate course is um wild dogs there's a lot mm -hmm. of dogs that run around there loose dogs in Tennessee and, and guard dogs these things will come after you with a passion so it, it's good to take a pepper spray with you and uh, an umbrella works well if you if you open an umbrella in front of them that can work well um and uh yeah I got chased by a few dogs they didn't get bitten but a few people get bitten every year um and uh yeah the dogs the dogs can be quite a handful you could bring a dog with you the next year to have a companion 
I think you're not going to get very far before the uh, ASPCA are going to arrest yeah. you. Yeah, Bob you Barker out. himself just comes out with his own umbrella and just <laughs> yeah. smites I mean, you down. Running with a dog on the highways of Tennessee when it's 110 degrees, it's going to be, you're going to have a situation on your head. It's going to be, it's going to be dog people coming after you. Yeah, yeah, they don't care George, about the people, they care sleep, about the dogs. He's not a runner. So next up, it looks like in two weeks, you have Cruel Jewel 100. Um, I was looking at the race website. It looks pretty not well. So if you just look at the elevation gain and loss, you're like, dang, like 33,000 up 33,000 down, but there's an aid station every three miles. So I'm like, actually that sounds manageable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of aid stations. I think there's, um, I think they have 11 aid stations. It's a bit more than three miles, right? It's about every five miles, I think. It's at 28, it's 28 stations. Yeah, it's 11 each way. So I guess it's like 22, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, 33,000 feet of gain. I've been out on those trails before. I did uh, Georgia Death Race last year. So I know the trails a little bit. Um, and they're actually kind of cool. You know, they're not super technical. They kind of roll. There's lots of... Uh, I mean, there's, I think there's three big climbs on it, or decent climbs, and then just lots of rolling up and down. I mean, when you've got 33,000 feet of gain, there, do, there does have to be a few hills, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's kind of hard rock type, type vert. Um, but uh, yeah, I've no idea what to expect. But uh, 13th of May, I guess that's uh, it's coming up pretty soon. I should probably start to taper tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. It's the day before Highlands. Um, so oh, we yeah, know where your loyalties cool. lie there. Uh, not up here, yeah, down there, I, I guess. Uh, Highland Trail Festival. It sounds amazing. Yeah, next year. Are you are you, are you racing or are you working? No. Uh, so uh, the Trails Collective Elite Team is, is like the volunteer unit. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, that would be good. Yeah, it um, should be fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah, nice. I, uh, I, I mean, if I wasn't going to Crawl Jewel, I would have been there in a flash. You know me. Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, don't I? I love Highlands. It's one of my favorite areas as well. Oh, really? What have you have? Did you do Iron yeah. Mines? Iron Mines? No, I didn't do that. No, but I heard a lot of good stuff, and that was kind of what piqued my interest. I saw some of the pictures. It looks, it looks like nice trails. Yeah, I'm looking forward to going and seeing it. Uh, just like I was looking forward to like just seeing what Breakneck is, because I think like yeah. you just hear the lore about it and um. But like seeing it made it seem a little bit more manageable to me. So who knows? Yeah. Maybe it could be my future. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I like the idea of the iron mines. I think that was the one that a couple of years ago, it was supposed to be like a 15 miler and it turned out into a 50K. I think, yeah. you know, some of the markings got either moved or taken or people went the wrong way. So that's kind of Laz like, you know, you tell people they're going out for a 15 mile run, it ends up being a 30. Yeah, it's, good time. You know, that's how you fire up the endurance level on an event see that's dangerous for me though because 15 miles i'm like eh, i don't need to bring any water and then 30 miles i'm like oh i'm dead <laughs> head down in streams rummaging in garbage cans you can go feral pretty quick on these trail runs yeah i eat one of those those i would eat one of those wild dogs coming at me like <laughs> so you thing, oh go ahead yeah sorry yeah whilst we're talking about going feral i was uh thinking back to my vol state time and also the little armadillo that you saw on the trail in uh, texas well they have armadillos in tennessee as well and when those things get run over and they fester and, and marinate on the road for a month or two they can have quite an odor to them mm -hmm. uh, that will certainly spur you on your way whilst you're you're running 
the mean streets of Tennessee. Anyway, so it was a side note about uh, going feral. <laughs> hey, I mean, if it's if it's cooked, it looks probably okay. <laughs> yeah, that's why you always carry a spoon with you. Yes, or chopstick. Comes in its own to-go shell. So uh, let's talk real quick about the podcast you and Jay do together. So how did that start? I really, I enjoy it. I mean, you guys are a couple of like months behind now, yeah. but you know, it's fine. Um, how did that start? Well, I, I think um, Jay had been doing it for a while and, you know, he'd been doing some fairly uh, interesting sort of interviews with various runners and, you know, people in the science of running, that kind of thing. And then I think he thought, you know, it'd be kind of fun to do something on results. And um, so then I think he was looking for someone, you know, to maybe freshen up the podcast a little bit. You know, his, uh, his rather sort of uh, monotone, melancholy sort of uh, jazz vibes were fine for a certain audience at the uh, local uh, retirement home. But, uh, you know, he wanted to bring in a bit of young blood. You know, he was looking uh, more for some someone sort of, you know, cross between uh, Stephen Colbert and Ellen DeGeneres. So I think he thought of me. Yeah, and, I did it. Um, yeah, so he invited me in. He regretted that, I think, probably fairly quickly. But we did, uh, you know, raise our uh, audience base by 100%. I think my mum started listening, so we were up to two, which <laughs> was good. Um, but, yeah, we basically attack people you know, in the running world, if we don't like them. Yep. Uh, although we like most people and talk about results. And then we have a 20 questions thing, you know, where we bring people on and ask them 20 questions, some serious, some fun. And that's a really good laugh. We've just had so many good people on there, as you know. Yes. You yeah. It's been, You've never like, looked back since you were on, right? I, yeah, I know. I think I was the, you know, I was the test episode. They were like, oh, we can afford to screw up with this one. It's okay. <laughs> Numero uno. Yes. Yeah. See, we, we can say that we found you. When you yes. got the golden ticket, we were like, she came on our podcast and she thought, holy shit, unless I get good at running, I'm going to have to talk to idiots like this again. So I better get really good so I can go on like Devo's podcast. Uh, yeah, anyway. we're still, still so, waiting uh, on that, Devo. and I, we claim to have found you. So that's good. Yes, yes. I, I, you know, I, I've had um, a couple people in my life say they, they found me. I'm like, oh, thank you. Where was I? Was I lost? Oh, it's all good fun. Yeah. No, I was honored when you guys asked. Actually, I was honored. That was a good episode. It's one of my favorites. You know, um, all right. So uh, again, we are running out of time on this upgrade thing for Zoom. I don't oh, know what they're doing. Cool. So let's let's real quick go through um, called uh, a thing I like to do called Ideal Aid Station. I think I actually stole this from you guys, maybe. So uh, we're yeah, turning probably, the tables. We have a lot of good ideas. Well, I do, but I credit Jay with them as well. Yeah. N- yeah. Um, no, we don't want to give Jay too much credit here. Let's, 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 let's. Oh, I never give him any. <laughs> All right. So you're rolling up to mile 78 station at cruel jewel. And, uh, you've, you've passed on the wild dogs. You passed on the armadillo. Yeah. You're like, no, this aid station is going to have everything I need. All right. So what sweet snack is waiting there for you? Oh, sweet snack. Um, I mean, I'm going to say watermelon. Yes. I mean, watermelon possibly is the most underrated aid station snack. Ian, I think actually it was Ian that got me onto a Cayuga Trail. Is it that, that underpass aid station? Is uh-huh. it like a road that goes over the top? Yeah. And uh, 
Oh, I remember I've, I've been there before. I've looked at that, their watermelons and been like, oh, they look so good. And then yeah. I think someone there got me into putting salt on them. And that really, that changed my world. But that's not quite sweet. I'll take it sweet or salty. But yeah, I'm watermelon. I'm, I'm watermelon all the way. Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah, I'm actually, after I've raised cruel jaw and I really go into my eating mode, I'm get my stomach tattooed like a watermelon. It'll yes. look like one. Perfect. Oh, I like it. Uh, what salty snack is there? Um, salty snack is, it's going to have to be potato chips. I mean, I love those things. So ridges so or just plain. And I actually like ridges. I like, you know, I mean, I have English teeth that so don't work that well. So I find <laughs> the ridges allow me to really get a grip on it. Yeah. You know, if it doesn't have a ridge, it's a bit slippery in the mouth. Yeah. They have it with inches. That's why they invented those. Uh, They're like ridges for, for British I'm, I'm all about ridges. Always, if you can get ridges, take ridges. Um, uh, hot food. Hot food? Yeah, like a hot food. Yeah. Oh, hot food. Um, it's kind of lame, but I'm like a big broth and noodles guy. Yeah. You know, when the shit's kind of hitting the fan, which basically every single time I go out for a run, it does. Um, I'm straight in there. They're like, oh, would you like broth? I'm like, oh, yes, please. I'm like, bring me all the broth you can. You know, it just, you've been, you know, sucking down gels and Coke and sweet stuff for so long. And then you have like some, some like brothy, noodly mm-hmm. goodness. It just, yeah, really, really revitalizes. Uh, sports drink. Sports drink. I, I like a little bit of tailwind. It's kind of my go to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get a little bit, uh, been out of shape when it's mixed a little too strong for me i like yeah. to you know i'd like to basically call ahead to the aid stations and make sure they have the correct consistency um and a little test uh, strip yeah, in I'm, there yeah i test you know i'm like you better make sure you mix it right because if you mix it wrong it <laughs> creates like a bit of a stomach inversion for me yes that's um, true but yeah i normally actually what i normally do is i i ask them at an aid station to put half tailwind and then i fill the rest out of water Mm-hmm. Just to make sure I'm getting, make sure, yeah. At least I'm getting hydrated. And I'm not getting over, over tailwinded. Um, non-sports drink. It has to be sun drop. I mean, <laughs> now I need like, to try this. Or yeah, it's so hard to find. You know what? When I go down to Georgia, uh, if I find some, I'll bring some back. All right. It is, um, yeah, it's all the goodness of like Mountain Dew and twice the caffeine. It's yeah, it's nice. it's really good. It'll give yeah, you a job. It'll, 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 I think uh, it'll, it'll get you moving. Yeah. All right. Need that for Western. Um, oh, yeah. Piece of gear. Um, is lube a piece of gear? Yes. And that's the correct answer. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had some, I mean, I don't want to talk too much about my chafing, but like, have you ever seen what beef carpaccio looks like? <laughs> I mean, my butt cheeks look like that on the inner side um at uh at grindstone mike sudi i think he's the only one who ever saw that he he offered me lube and he became a friend for life mm-hmm. yeah and uh yeah i rubbed it all over i mean i think about it and it was nice yeah Just, yeah lube well i'll call him yeah. <laughs> beef carpaccio it was it was a bad situation but yeah you gotta have lube i mean if you're chafed and it's gone past a certain point the world looks bad True. It's, that's true. Anyway, I hope everyone's got the visual there. I yeah, hope I hope we've given. I think we've given everybody a lot of good visuals. But we all, you know, it's an ultra running podcast. It's a community that knows 
what serious chafing looks like and yes. feels like. We're all friends here. So, all right, people stay strong. <laughs> all right, a last question. Celebrity to meet you at the aid station. Uh, they don't need to be alive. They don't need to be a runner, just a celebrity that if you saw them at the aid station, they would just pep you right up and you'd be able to just fly through those 30 miles. Oh, who would fire me up? That's a good one. Um, who would fire me up at an aid station? I mean, I think for real that David Goggins guy. Oh, I God. Mean, I think if he was waiting, there, like if you really needed a fire up, I mean, I think he's, I mean, I might want to meet sort of other people, but like, I think he'd be like, you know, you know, when you think you're in shit, you're only 50% in shit. So True. get yourself together, pull yourself out of this aid station, stop feeling sorry for yourself. I think he'd be a real fire up guy. So, I mean, I'm going to say him. I mean, I, right. I did read his book and I did enjoy it. Um, he is an absolute mentally tough, crazy guy. Uh, so I think in terms of someone to fire me up and get me rolling, he would be the one. Good choice. Good choice. Well, uh, you, you won the aid station game with the broth and the watermelon, uh, and you gave us Excellent. all a visual. So I think that's, that's a pretty solid, solid playing. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I, uh, you know, I'm a bit of a master of lingering in aid station, so I know what I need. <laughs> Often have a sit down and chat people, chat to people in there, bore them to death for a while. And they eventually throw me out. Probably one of the only <laughs> people that's ever got thrown out of an aid station and a bar. <laughs> Anyway. Well, Phil, thank you so much for spending time with me tonight. Um, where can people uh, find you and say hi online? Oh, uh, well, they can follow us at the Pain Cave podcast. I am on Instagram at pvondra. Um, and I'm often running in the gunks or running the cat skills. And, you know, come find me on in the wilds of Tennessee at some point. So. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much, Phil. And um, hopefully see you soon. Good luck, Cruel Jewel. And we'll talk thank soon. Thank you, Ellie. It was great to be on the podcast with you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Trails Collective podcast, Voices from the Collective. You can find Phil on Instagram at pvondra. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at gazelli. And you can find the Trails Collective on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And that's all I've got today, you guys. So keep having fun in your spring training and hopefully I will see you out there.